I start with a plug? Can I start with a little bit of a plug? Yeah. It's the uh, Creative Herd shop has been updated. Wah, wah, wah. Updated. Yeah. Updated. There's uh, the Fix It and Post stickers have been restocked. Fix It and Post. And you know what I figured is like anybody who's listening, we should probably give them a discount to the store. Yeah, dude. Hit them with that discount code. I feel like it'll just be like TCH15 or something. I like it. Can you tell yeah. that we don't actually have this set up yet, but it'll be available by the time that this episode, this episode goes live. is live. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, there is a website. If you go to the creativeford.ca, there's a link that says creative assets. And if you're, you know, creative professional doing any kind of work that involves video or photo, you can head over there and there's some, a lot of free stuff that you can use. There's even some stickers that have just been restocked. Tons. And it's only um, going to grow too, which is very dope. Lots. Exactly. Exactly. So any feedback you have, hit us in the email, like always. We're always wanting to communicate. But um, yeah, I just wanted to plug that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good plug, man. I yeah. was... New, uh, new stock. Yeah. Besides that, what's new with you? What have you been up to? Besides editing and sitting and ruining your posture, what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? What else is new? Um, not much, man. Just trying to enjoy my summer, trying to get back to um, enjoying and learning and, you know, working on myself. <laughs> Very key. Yeah. yeah. What are you, what are you saying? What are you, what have you enjoyed this week? Well, you and I actually, we technically got out of, the downtown part of the city and we went to the outskirts and went to a beach just for to watch a little sunset action with our dogs. It was really nice. That was so nice, man. It, it's just nice to, you know, what's really nice is seeing our dogs be euphorically happy, just running through the water. And then you get to just be an, an accessory of their fun. You know, it's nice. It really is. And plus we just get to, we get to watch the sunset, hear the water. It's, ah, it's so nice. We were the only two on the beach, mm-hmm. too, which was like, yeah, it was nice and surreal. I lo- I like, I love when shit like that happens. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't when even planned. It just lines up like that. Yeah, I literally hit you up being like, yo, let's take our dogs out. And usually that means like a walk with the city, but we we're like, nah, we got to, we got to get out of here <laughs> because you getting stuck in your, in your environment that you work in 24 seven can be so detrimental for your own well-being your mental health you need to get outside and just get out of those freaking four walls that you're always encompassed in you know get get out of your comfort zone a little bit get out of your routine and it'll spark some creativity and it'll spark just you know mental well-being Mm -hmm. besides like us going out what's what's a way that you usually what's your method of uh breaking your day and breaking your cycle getting out what do you do usually it's like um just some sort of type of being active, whether it's like taking uh, Winston for a walk or something or mm-hmm. going for a little hike, um, skateboarding or biking, something to get active or because it really shuts your mind off of just like whatever you're doing, it's present and then doesn't allow you to overthink much. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Lately for me, like it's always been like exercise. Like I was a boxing coach for several years and I'm a boxer myself and I obviously use fitness as my means of like breaking my cycle and it's really important for me. But as of late, <laughs> I've been still on top of it, but my method lately actually 
has been video games. Like, I was a massive gamer growing up as a kid. I was that, like, nerdy, not even nerdy, but I was that chunky kid that would just play video games <laughs> to the odd times of the hour, and I didn't want to hang out with anyone. I just wanted to freaking play games, and, like, everything from sports games, adventure games, shooting games, whatever, man. I just loved gaming and, like, getting Dude, lost. It was a big phase, big phase. <laughs> Bro, and, like, people don't believe me, too, because I'm very different from who I was back then, but, like... I honestly can pick up any video game, learn it within minutes, and get pretty freaking good at it that same day. So, but it, dude, it's nice, man. You get lost. And lately, I've been playing uh, The Last of Us, which is a the zombie game. But it's the first one was rated the best game of like I don't even know twenty sixteen. Might need to fact check me on that. Um, but it won the like, best game of the year. And it still holds like to this day as one of the best games. So now I'm playing part two and it's fucking incredible. And I love it. I love getting lost and just letting my mind go numb, but still being stimulated and actively thinking about what I'm playing. But then there's some games where like I literally just check the fuck out and I play just to play. And like that's like Super Smash Bros or... Tony Hawk or fucking EA Skate, all the one, two. Like the old, the old school stuff. Yeah, man. You just get, you get fucking lost in it and it's, it's the best. Um, and especially in like Tony Hawk too. Like obviously we grew up skateboarding and that was the shit that really put on us. And we felt very seen by having games like that. And have you seen the new one? What do you feel about the new one coming I, from? Because we went dude, through generations of that game. I mean, as long as you accept that, like, it's just still Tony Hawk. Like, the mechanics have not changed. It's the exact same shit. It's like you <laughs> yeah. you hop on a rail and you can still pop, like, 30 tricks on the same rail. Like, it's not... The physics are not there, but it's dope. And there's nothing like fucking getting that experience meter up and then pulling that special trick move. You know, like mm-hmm. OG moves was like uh, Tony Hawk's like a uh, 900 or like the McTwist, you know, shit like that. Like, but you can only do it if you built out that uh, that experience points and then you can just bust that shit out of nowhere. That was yeah. dope. I got to get that. That has such an iconic sound effect too to it. Yeah. I'm sure the special tricks have evolved and, and they're new now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, they're probably weird as fuck now, though. I remember one game you can be Spider-Man and he would, like, throw his board around and then he'd whip it back to him and do a fucking McTwist. It was crazy. It was sick, though. Yeah, I'm sure they're just yeah, but changing. Like, we remember that as kids because they were so iconic. Dude, you know? iconic, man. That fucking Smash Bros. 2, every single character had their own little special move and, like, they had their own sound effect. My favorite was uh, Link from Legend of Zelda. And his was, oh, like, yeah. this, like, upward swinging sword circle and you don't even need to find the sound effect because i can nail it here you go ready yeah yeah <laughs> i practiced That's that one accurate, actually <laughs> i always got slapped in that game yeah you were trash because you, you just didn't have the thumbs man you needed to have the thumbs of a gamer and you just you weren't that it's okay though no. you didn't get fat like i did <laughs> 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 but you're right though they all had different they all and and i think the thing is, is the more you play it the more you realize like each you know like me coming into it maybe not playing as as much as you obviously you're like oh i already know who the good characters are mm-hmm. like if you're gonna choose him i'm gonna choose somebody else you know what i mean yeah. this was like i know 
I know who has the better the better special moves. Yeah, and you gravitate to you gravitate towards that character because you know what they're about and it's obviously left an imprint on your like gaming experience, so you wanna keep using them. And that actually coincides perfectly to what we were talking about uh earlier today and kind of what we want to bring to this episode. And the main question is is how are you remembered? How are you remembered in your work specifically? Mm-hmm. You know, from pre-production to introduction to your production to the post to the delivery, everything. It's how are you being remembered? And, you know, maybe you're remembered through having some special moves. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, I will say that, like, I don't know if you have to have a special move in every single one of those areas, but you Mm. should definitely be thinking about it. Mm. Um, Because a big thing for sure is, like, even thinking about when you meet somebody new, you know, like you introduce yourself and they introduce themselves. And more often than not, you immediately forget their name. Oh. So on on average, like it takes a lot of times for, I think it's like in a conversation, you have to re- repeat it like three to six times in that first little bubble of meeting that person in that like 30 second interaction to remember their name. Mm. So being a freelance person, you don't have that 30 seconds. Like it takes a long, way longer spread of time and it gets up to about 30 times that your name needs to be mentioned in a room for your client or that potential client to remember your name to be able to hire you. So you need to get your name to come up 30 times or work with them and leave an impact that they will in their head say it a couple times. That is what the result of your special move, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, totally. Being remembered isn't just within your delivered product it's not just how you acted on set it is can be shown in so many different ways and it could be even small moments too you know if we're starting from the very beginning let's go right into the introduction to a new client and it's how are you carrying yourself you know what is that first interaction like were you prompt to respond onto the emails to the conversation were you present were you the one to say let's jump on a call did you want to have a pitch meeting? You know, like how, how are you remembered, Spence, in your, specifically in like the introduction and pre-production planning of like a new client, a new gig? I think one of the things that I do, and for me, I really think my, my special moves are come later in the, in the production. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I try to do is how fast can I get in front of the client? Mm-hmm. I focus on from that ingest email of being like, hey, we think we have a project of this and this and that. How fast can I get on a call with them? Because that is where, you know, you can really talk to your professionalism of like what you do and you can ask them and throw around their client terms. And whether you know it or not, you can always bullshit your way through a client (laughs) call because you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is like, they're working with like, oh, you have to throw out terms of like ROI and shit like that. And they're just like, oh, okay, this guy gets our <laughs> business. They just want to know that you get them. That's yes. your main goal. You And like, you need to figure out what their goal is and then you sell them. But you need to be in front of them to do that. You can't just do that over an email. You can't just do that mm-hmm. over an estimate. I think it's, you can, but it's hard. Yeah. And one thing that 
especially in our industries, anything as a, like a creative freelancer, whether you're a writer, a copywriter, photographer, filmmaker, or whatever, we have to remember that the clients that are hiring us, 90% chance are not creatives themselves. They're either corporate or they're Fact. trying to get a little more creative. So they're not speaking our language. And the moment mm -hmm. that we start trying to spew our practice onto them, they're not going to understand. They're not going to comprehend. So us as the entrepreneurs, the freelancers, we need to speak their language. They need to know that we get them so they can understand us. And that's how you can really nail them like right off the bat. Language is everything. And it's not just about tricky terms. It's not about using fancy abbreviations. It's about understanding what they need and offering how you are the best person to meet their needs and then some, you know? Mm -hmm. How transparent can you make Ooh. what you do to them? Because if you walk that line of and, and try to make them, and that is the line of like, you're not forcing them to understand. You're just trying to be transparent with them to be like, this is what I can offer you in ways that they can understand instead of like throwing around whatever terms your skills are in because a lot of people won't understand that. Yeah, man. You, you know many you know many times I've asked a client like what they want their final deliverables are and even the word deliverables they're like um you mean like what do you mean? <laughs> and you could have just been like how many photos would you like? And right there then yeah. like communication is set and they understand what they're you're getting into. Even Less is more. Simplicity is the key most of the time when you're working with new clients. Just be upfront, be transparent, and communication is king or queen or whatever. It's royalty. It is the number one thing that you need to achieve right off the bat. And that's how you're going to be remembered. So moving forward, it sets like a really nice precedence for the rest of the work you guys do together. Exactly. One last thing I'll say to that point is... Mm -hmm. Regardless of you actually needing that gig or not, you should never be giving your position away in such that like, you're like, oh, well, I can lower my price or, well, I can do this. And, and mm. the way that you speak to them, they can like, you're fighting for the job. If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Yep. That's true. If the, if the rate isn't there, it's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you may not be the only person throwing an estimate or interviewing for this job. And you have to realize that. And it will actually make your relationship worse if they know you they have the upper hand or or vice versa. So you just try to go at it with like like we always say, collaboration. That's yes. what it is. Collaboration is the key. Because if you guys are collaborating, the whole project will just be able to move at, at such a quicker pace. So mm -hmm. and during during all that, like all that stuff that we just said will actually help you pitching to a new client and help you land a new client so that when you're actually on set, because I feel like on set is, is or whatever your your on, quote unquote on set is, if mm -hmm. you're actually just a digital creator, say you're an illustration or you're a, a web designer or something like that, then that is when you shine. That is when. All this stuff is just you're building your little special meter. You know, yeah, you're, you're just in Tony Hawk building you're your just special meter. You're getting XP points at this up until this point, you know? Exactly, exactly. And then here is where you start to, you know, you're you're building it. You're almost at the max and you're unlocking these special tricks. Like, Nolan, what would you say uh, that are your things that you're kind of building your your special meter on, on set or maybe even offset? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about 
a photo session specifically, just because this is where I have the most examples. So when I'm building like them XP points besides the whole intro, um, I'm showing up on time or even before time because trust and um, punctuality is, it, it's so important when it comes to, um, you know, the overall final product, you know, mm-hmm. um, making sure that I look organized, I look clean, I'm not rushed. I didn't show up there and I'm out of fucking breath and I look like I want to <laughs> rush through this shoot, you know, like that, that happens so many times with some creators and like, that's not what you want. You want to ha- set the mood right. So that's my special sauce right there is... I've definitely been late to a shoot. It sucks. <laughs> it's the worst, man. It is the worst. And you're just... Yeah, and you can't even think right. The moment that you show up late, your brain's everywhere. You miss out on the shots that you needed. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So the special sauce for me, if I were to have like a preliminary special move, like to, this is like the this is like the, the 900 of Tony Hawk for me. It's setting the mood. Like one thing I do is oh, that's your big one. That's your oh big. no, I got the McTwist still, baby. Come on, <sighs> I feel like it's McTwist and then oh, okay, you're the you're better at skateboarding, so you're probably <laughs> okay. My McTwist, I bring a speaker, I play music. You think that sounds so stupid and unnecessary, but to capture someone in their element, because I'm a fashion lifestyle documentary style kind of photographer, I want to catch them in their element and make them feel most natural in their own zone and i find just putting on music and letting them groove to it right away there's this sense of openness and like willingness especially if it's music that they like you know that really drop the walls yeah it drops the walls you already set this relationship you've made this relationship talking so much leading up to the shoot now it's time to like break down those walls and make things feel good feel right so you can collaboratively make the best product but then when I want to bust out that 900, that 900, <laughs> <laughs> it's how I shoot, you know? I'm not the kind of, you know what I look like? Have you ever seen the Instagram uh, influencers in the wild? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I have, yeah. Dude, it's yeah. just a bunch of like boyfriends or girlfriends and they're like on top of cars in the weirdest position trying to get the shot just for whatever, the, whoever the influencer is. That's me, dude. I'm I'm on the concrete on my belly, doing fucking somersaults, getting the shot. I don't care. I commit myself fully, my body, everything, my intention to get the shot that I had in mind. And Sacrifice the body. Yeah. Why do you think I work out, man? It's to lift this damn camera, bro. <laughs> but it's true, man. Like, I want the shot. I have it in my mind. And even if the client or like the subject is like, what are you doing? I'm like, trust me. Trust me. And then I show them. They're like, oh. Oh, damn. Oh, that's kind of sick. I'm like, cool. Now that you see that, commit with me. Just let me do my thing. Let me roll around. Let me do a jump in a 360 just to catch that motion shot. Whatever, man. But it's my willingness and commitment to get what I had in my mind is my special move. I don't want to compromise. I want to make sure that I exhaust my full creativity at every single shoot. If I just do a half-ass shoot, you see that. You see that in the deliverables. And I don't want that. I want to be known and remembered for how, yes, my deliverables being dope and them liking it. But I also want to be remembered on set or on location of, wow, that guy, he mm-hmm. he went for it. He sended it. He would team a full send. He made sure that he got what he wanted and we worked out perfectly. And it was fun. It was lighthearted. And 
you know, it was overall good experience. That is where I shine. It's definitely in the production side. That's great, dude. Like, I, I feel like that is the goal, no matter where you fit in, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like what your skill set is. At the end of production, you want to make sure that your client feels comfortable and excited for the product that is about to come and like all the things that you said are like setting them up to be like oh cool nah this dude's got it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm comfortable with with letting this dude do his thing and when he when he provides me with the deliverables i'll be stoked yeah it's not i may not be the most outstanding photographer out there but i (laughs) sure as hell make sure that our relationship is great you know, I think it's really important to me. The whole experience of whatever creator you're collaborating with, like the experience overall needs to be positive. You know, it needs to have a positive imprint so that you're remembered and you're, you get that call again for that next project. Even if it's a small project, you don't know. Maybe the next one, maybe their next connection is going to be a lot bigger and you need to prepare yourself. So never just half-ass a small shoot. Always give it as much as you can as much as you're willing to so you know it sets yourself up for possibly bigger things and more exciting things and the- mm-hmm. for sure one thing i'll I'll add to that is because it, there's definitely mixed feelings out there f- for this but one thing one thing that i really try to think about because i get caught up in this cycle too is like when i'm i'm like oh this shoot is like kind of a low budget i guess i'll like just bring the bare necessities of what I need. You can look at it that way and be like, you know what? They're paying me one fourth of my day rate. So I'm going to put one fourth of my effort forward, oh, you know, yeah. or you can look at it, look at it, be like, okay, well say this gig is a thousand dollars. What if I made it look way better than that? And then I say it was $3,000. And then the next gig I do, I charge $3,000 because that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. regardless of how much you were paid, because nobody's finding that stuff out. And that's kind of how you think. And you can really level up quickly with, with with that mindset rather than being like, oh, they're only paying me one-fourth of what I want. I'll give one-fourth of the effort. Mm, that's a major key, man. That's, re- yeah. that's really overlooked at times. And because it takes way, it could, because you don't want to, that's not your first instinct, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, to put a lot of, and it's a, I will say it's a pick and choose. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do that with everything because you'll, you will burn out. But like on the projects that you believe in and you really want to collaborate in, you gotta, you gotta really be prepared for the portfolio work. That's <laughs> basically <laughs> what it is. You were saying earlier that your secret sauce, your special move, your McTwist 10,000 really shines um, later on in the process. And as you being an editor i'm assuming that's what you're referring to and i've we've talked about your style of editing several times and even though you do do corporate and you do do creative work i always describe your work as um summertime it's a, it's fun loving it's always in motion it's, it's the feeling of like wind blowing in your hair like that i know mm-hmm. i know that sounds like a weird visual but like that's how i've always described your work but <laughs> <laughs> i know but it's but how do you do that? What have you been doing in your work? What is your special move that has evoked those thoughts and feelings as I'm describing your work? What's been your thing? Well, I would say for that stuff, I really just like to, I mean, that goes way back into like 
the traits that we had growing up. You like know, what? Uh, both me and Nolan grew up in like kind of a small rural city. You know, not a lot going on, but that all becomes of just like I don't want to like inject my own emotion. Like I just try to be like, what is what is happening right in front of me via footage and try to like recreate that. Like my work is heavily inspired by like the nostalgia of like, you know, just chasing the sunset, man. Chasing the Um, sunset, driving with the (laughs) windows down, man. I will say I've, I've, I've really thought about this and I really think at this point in my career, I can tell you that I have a specific calling card at this point. Oh, I know, I know that if there's a project in a certain spec, I will get a phone call. And I know that it, I know I'm going to get hired for a specific reason. So that tells me my name has come up a couple of times and it starts to, starts to circulate in, in, a, in a small circle or whatever, like your group of friends or whatever that is. And for me, that has become, if pre- people are doing long form content, like if they have an hour conference, if they have like an hour long video or something that needs to be done, specifically on a shorter timeline, someone that they can trust and someone that they know will deliver on time with communication and deliver like a high quality edit, they're going to call me. Mm. I do. I, I really don't get a lot of short form stuff. I don't edit a lot of Instagram stuff. I don't do a lot of like social stuff. I don't not do that, but I really don't get called for that often. I really don't get hired for that because that's not my, that's not my forte. It's not my special move. My special move really is unlocked when somebody wants long form content because I know how to buckle down. I know how to hit the deadline uh, and work backwards regardless of how quickly it needs to be done. And I know how to make the client feel comfortable and ready to be like, oh shit, okay, he will deliver this no matter how Mm. fucked we think it is. (laughs) Damn, man. That is, and that has probably taken years of just not even practice, but years of dedicating yourself to the purpose of I'm doing it. I'm going to finish whatever I need to finish. Like that takes yeah. a very strong mindset, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you had, you've had some sleepless fucking nights doing that. And yeah, for sure. But it's just like a, I just realized I was getting called doing the same kind of job and I was, I was kind of thrown off by it and it just kind of goes to show like you may be completely blind to to what your actual special skills are because you've been doing them for so long. Yeah, sure, I've been editing, but like what I've been specifically editing is these kind of long form things. So of course people are going to be like, oh, well, this dude's done so many of them. Of course I can trust him to do it because he's done it already. So to, to listeners, like what have you been doing if you look backwards? What have you done a bunch of times that you do just without even knowing maybe like, Mm. because that is where your special skills are. Not everyone is, is living your life the way you are. Like, Mm. you know, for you, you're editing photos like all the time, dude. Every time I talk to you, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm just editing photos. Like you spent so much time learning the programs that not everyone is going to know the program. Like, you know it. So when somebody has something specific that they're like, Oh yeah, like, how do I tweak this color? Can you do this? Like that becomes your calling card. That becomes your special skill. So mm-hmm. I would say to all the listeners, like really look at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. 
Yeah, man. It's you said it perfectly because it's not even though we're talking about us having special moves, it we didn't necessarily consciously decide that those were going to be our moves. It was something that we were comfortable doing, noticed that um we were good at it and then we ran with it and you work towards it. It's not something that like it, we birthed right from the get-go of our creative careers. We've been working mm-hmm. towards it. We made that acknowledgement but as soon as we acknowledged it, we ran with it and committed to it and refined it and are still refining it. We're not saying that these special moves are the creme de la creme. It is not the ending point. We plan on growing forever throughout the rest of our career. We're never going to stay stagnant. But acknowledging where you are talented and what the skills that you have can really help you develop your your quality and also just develop how much enjoyment that you'd have. You have to remember why you got into this, right? You didn't just mm-hmm. get into creating because of money. <laughs> There's, yeah. There isn't much in it at the very beginning. You got into it because you enjoy making things. And you have to remember how that feels, that uh, fulfillment it brings you. And then once you can acknowledge that, let it grow. Let it grow, keep it going, move forward with it, and keep learning as much as you can. For sure. Yeah. Take your last five projects, look at them deeply, and what are you satisfied with? What are you stoked on? Mm. And it's like, that's what you brought, or what are the similarities of all five pieces? And if you look closely enough, like that might be where you thrive, where your where your special move is. And that's what you should really be going after at this point in your career and really trying to sell the client on. And I guess that kind of brings us to delivering the actual finished product. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one because everyone has their own. If we're talking about, we're not even just talking about the final product. We're also including how you deliver it too. Mm-hmm. Was it on time? Were the revisions met in a timely manner? How did you send it? You know, did you send it through like a fucking google like a, what is that what is that called when the google what, drive yeah dropbox like, did, 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 google drive yeah do you use a google drive or did you use we transfer or did you use file share these as, as ridiculous as it sounds one holds a little bit more uh, prominence than the others like if i send a client a, a google drive link versus me sending like a we transfer link the we transfer interface just seems a lot more user friendly and they click it they download it it's on their desktop boom it was quick it was simple it was easy now the way you organize things too man is if you want to be remembered too and be work with uh in the future you have to make sure your shit's organized so if i'm oh, 100%. if i'm handing over let's say 10 of fully edited and retouched photos and they ask for the raws. If I just dump the edited photos that aren't named correctly and the raws and just throw it in the file and send it over, that is negligence. That's laziness. And the client is going to now have to dig through, which like, even though it's not hard to find, you're now making them take that extra step. And clients don't want to do that. They want it laid out perfectly in front of them. So being organized is huge even if it's just renaming the photos to something else being like retouched underscore one or final yeah. one don't make it final underscore one a <laughs> final actually 
fi- final four. You know what agencies you and I have both worked with, and they're like really respected agencies. And then you go and they share you their like their Google Drive, and shit, everything is labeled like that. And you're like, what? How is that happening? How are you doing final work? Underscore V four. <laughs> how are you working with fucking Gucci? And this is how you deliver this shit to your clients. Like that's crazy, man. Crazy. Final two. Final. <laughs> Yeah, you have to make it as simple. You got to remove all the guesswork. That's what mm-hmm. I try to do when I'm uh, handing over final files because sometimes it, c- it can get complicated, especially if you're del- delivering in different aspect ratios. And it's just like if you're delivering a caption file that needs to go with certain things, like everything has to be labeled accordingly. Mm-hmm. And the easier the process, because this is this is the final thing that they're going to remember you by. The easier that wrap-up process is, the easier the delivery is. If they can't figure out how to download the files, like little things as far as far as that. Um, because I'll go so far into the email of being like, you should be able to see the download button in the top left corner. It's blue. You're going to hit that. You're going to click download master. Once you do, like, I'll walk them through every single step because. I don't want them to have to guess at all. I don't want them to be like, what, which one, which mm-hmm. walks them through everything. You know, it takes, it takes a little bit extra time, but that extra care will go a little bit further and, you know, build up a little bit of trust and possibly build up that special meter a little bit more for them. Yeah. I perfectly said, man, you would never go into a McDonald's, ask for your, whatever, your 10 piece, your 10 pack of nuggets. And then have to guess, uh, where does it come from? Like, where, where would I go to stand? You wouldn't want that, you know? Yeah. It's not babying the client. It's just making the process as smooth and efficient as possible. Because, like, what if they do write you back and they're like, oh, we can't find it? You're now having to spend more time going backwards and having to do the explanation when you could have just taken that extra 30 seconds from the get-go to walk them through the process, you know? You need to be proficient is what we're talking about, really. Yeah. And you'll be remembered to be proficient. I will end end that with one really funny story. Okay. I literally just went through a McDonald's (laughs) drive-thru backwards. Because the, the, so the way it was, it was like, it's kind of like a UE and then the windows happen, uh, like the checkout windows happen. So I went into the UE to order the wrong way. Uh, So when I went to order... I pulled in and the the thing that you speak into was on my passenger window side. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no, shit. oh no. But the arrows, the simple arrows on the ground were deteriorated and they didn't exist. So I didn't know which way to go into the, um, and granted, I sure, I should have seen the, uh, the thing to speak into, the little God. thing, but I didn't. So the simple little thing like that, the arrow's gone. Which way do you go? So I'm just trying to bring that back to the client. Like the simple little thing that they could miss and all of a sudden they're doing shit backwards and the girl's laughing at me and the thing, she's like, you just pull, pull up to window one, man. And I'm like, okay. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm confused. <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you a few quick hitters, some rapid questions. You, you get five seconds. Don't even think about it. Just top of the top of the dome. Hit me with it. Ready? It's the night before the shoot, and anxieties okay. are just flowing through you. What are you the oh, most? For sure. What are you the most anxious about leading into that shoot the night before? Uh, batteries charged. Oh, for sure. Heartbreaker. Yeah. Triple checking that. 
making sure I have time to go to the washroom before I leave ample time so I can be on time. <laughs> that's a real fear, dude. Dude, that's fair. That's such a real fear. Uh, like the- but like I triple check my camera case before I leave and... Actually, both those things are like, yeah, those are both things I actually do because I'm so nervous to, to show up to a shoot because it's definitely happened before. You're like, fuck, I forgot this little tiny cable that connects the mic into the camera. Now I don't have audio. What the fuck? One time I had to drive home and be like, it's fine. It's fine. We're a little early. Like, uh, it was so embarrassing and it's not a good look. Thankfully. Because you had to go to the bathroom? No, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> the charging cable for my... Um, my zoom like my h5 hand zoom the thing that like records the oh. fucking audio into the interface like and i didn't have very a very important yeah very important and i didn't have a scratch mic at all like it was that was the main power source for the audio womp womp. thankfully they were my friends though so it's, it's yeah yeah understandable we all make mistakes man so let's pretend you are properly packed mm. <laughs> do you have a do you have a ritual at least for getting into the flow before or during to, to break out of the anxiety? I didn't think I did, but my partner, one time I was going to a shoot that I really was nervous for, and I, I was very apparent that I was nervous about it. And she goes, babe, have fun. Just have fun. You know you do make the best shit when you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to have fun. So I make sure that when I'm on my way to a shoot, I blare either the most gangster ass music and <laughs> like rap so hard in the car and put on a concert or I put on like Aretha Franklin and I'm just like screaming the lyrics and just dancing to all these bops because I need to put myself in a really good mood just to perform the way I want to. I want to have fun. So yeah, listening to music and put on a concert in my car is like... Just freestyling. <laughs> just, <laughs> just freestyling in your car on the way there. Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes I'll just put on a SoundCloud beep like, uh, yeah, MB on the ch 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 trizac. Dude, that because anxiety around shoot or like production is definitely real. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, you have to figure out. For me, it's like when the when I'm actually shooting, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I'm good. I'm in my element. I'm good. But it's so easy to feel out of your element um, beforehand. So yeah, I vibe that. You got to prepare yourself, and this ties into everything. It's you got to be confident in what you're putting out and making sure that you're doing things properly and you're prepared for it, you're organized and you deliver the best product that you can. And that, you know, being prepared for all that will help you be remembered and get that next phone call. So we've touched on so many different ways of how we deal with it, but everyone deals with things on their own kind of terms. These are kind of just outlines and just tips on how, we handle things again we're just trying <laughs> we had nobody to tell us all these things we kind of just learned these through trials and error and made a lot of mistakes and we had some good moments in our careers and we're still in the thick of it and we're kind of just sharing as we learn you know and if you yeah. have uh any questions or any ways that you deal with leaving your special sauce your secret move we would love to hear from it so Spence, where can they contact us and connect with us? Dude, like always, you can hit that little link where you hit the episode. You can see all the details. Deets. And it's as simple as hitting us up on Instagram. Is it? And, and or 
going to the website, uh, thecreativeherd.ca, and hitting the contact right there. And, you know, dropping an email, send us a video, send us a voice note, whatever. <laughs> we love to hear from y'all. Thanks again for listening. And uh, I think that's all I got to say, bro. How about you? I would say take a look at your past projects and, and really identify what worked and what didn't work because those are the things that you need to focus on and wherever you focus your attention will grow. Good stuff, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.